number one question is going to be, who did he put in that quarterback? You know, he said that he could bounce around at quarterbacks. We could even see multiple quarterbacks playing week one. Welcome to the Verdant Verdict Sports Show, where we bring you sports talk on the go. We're sponsored by Honest Abe's, and today we're going to preview the week one matchup for LSU. They're playing Florida State. They call it a neutral game, but it's really a home game for LSU. I mean, come on. They're an hour away in New Orleans. Last time they were there, they won a national championship. They actually won two national championships there. 2007, they took one home with Les Miles as well. You know, LSU's seen a lot of success with their recent head coaches. The man I just mentioned, Les Miles, as well as Ed Orgeron. Even Nick Saban before them won a national championship, so LSU's been on a roll with the most recent head coaches. Uh, Brian Kelly's more than likely going to follow into their footsteps, but, you know, it all starts with week one. It starts with Florida State, starts in New Orleans Sunday, September 4th. So here's my thoughts about this. You know, we're going to find out quarterback one. That's going to be the topic everyone wants to discuss. We're going to find out who LSU has picked as their starter. Brian Kelly said he's made a decision this weekend. Everyone knows now but us. He said he let the team know. The team's, you know, been hiding it. Making sure not to post nothing on social media, but they, uh, you know, they, they they've been seeing the ones now. They see the starters. They see, you know, what's around them, so they're able to get used to it for Sunday, so they can get in game mode and, and you know get those live reps started. FSU's run game is probably the number one thing that I would be focusing on if I was LSU's defense. You know, they had three running backs in week one for them get over 100 yards. Now, that could be a blessing in disguise for LSU as that offensive line could come into this week two matchup for them a little more fatigued, maybe not necessarily 100%. So, with that being said, LSU's defensive line, who more than likely is going to be the favor in terms of this matchup, needs to go out there, get a little aggressive, get a little you know, get strong early on and win this battle in the trenches. That's where I think, you know, the game's really going to be won at here in week one between Florida State and LSU. I think the trenches are going to tell the story. Uh, if that defensive line for LSU is able to put some pressure on Jordan Travis and kind of mute that, kind of mute that run game as well, there's really nothing for the Seminoles to do out there. They're probably just going to roll over and take an L in this one. Um, you know, also another blessing in the skies for LSU is the fact that they got to see Florida State play before Florida State got to see them play. I mean, when you get to see what your opponent did the week prior and they don't even get any film on you, you, you can't call that anything other than a blessing. I think that that you know, works out entirely in LSU's favor. It's going to be just another feather in the cap for what seems to me like almost an easy week one game. You know, it's, uh, it's an out-of-conference opponent. Sure, they haven't played, you know, since the 90s, so the rivalries, you know, nothing really to lose here. The fans don't really, you know, seem at, as invested into the whole Florida State and LSU thing. Uh, LSU really, LSU fans really just want to see how Brian Kelly adjusted, really want to see what he's built, really want to see how the scheme is, you know. And like I said earlier, number one question is going to be, who did he put in that quarterback? You know, he said that he could bounce around at quarterbacks. We could even see multiple quarterbacks playing week one. We'll get, you know, Nussmeyer, Daniels, whoever winds up being that backup. Will they slide in and get some reps before, the, before week one's over with? Who knows? Or, you know, is the competition even really done? They said it was close. It took them up until the last weekend to decide. Maybe, you know, you got someone over your shoulder you get a little pressure you don't feel as settled in the pocket and you make some rough decisions that might spell some trouble and that might you know create some movement in that room again or maybe even another competition um i think that you know like i said previously the game's going to be one of the trenches running game's going to be a big focal point i think for lsu you know they don't have john emory john emory's going to be absent for the next couple of weeks because of some academic troubles um, Armani Goodwin, Noah Kane, you know, Josh, they're, they're going to have a lot of, 
a lot of focus on them. They're going to have a lot of responsibility. Denbrock's going to look to them early to feed them and get them going and kind of get some legs under this brand new LSU offense, especially with a brand new quarterback behind center who's probably going to have you know, some shaky legs, some nerves, some things to iron out early on. Um, I think the fact that they have so much depth at the wide receiver position is kind of going to alleviate some of that stress off of that offense. You know, you got Keisha Booty, probably the best wide receiver in the country coming back. How's he going to feel? You know, he looks 100%. Looks like nothing's stopping him. Looks like he's going to go out and, you know, hit the ground running and never miss a beat, just like 2021. You know, he's on that Blinkoff early watch look. I think I wouldn't even be surprised to see Keishon Booty in the Heisman watch list before this year's up. A lot of talent around him. You got Dre Jenkins around him. You got Malik Neighbors around him. You got Jack Bash around him. Kyron Lacey. Chris Hilton. You got a lot of guys that Brian Thomas. I mean, you got a lot of guys in this wide receiver room that Cortez Hankton can piece around and just highlight all their strengths individually and see what they can contribute to the scheme the best. They got a lot of tools there. You got, you know, you got two teams for sure of solid starters on SEC teams. I mean, we're more than likely going to go ahead and put out neighbors and booty and jenkins for the first three but even if the next three is going to be you know bash hilton lacy that that's a solid group that's a group that i would be comfortable putting out there as the starters you know what i mean Keyshawn booty of course is going to be going to be the the, the more flashy receiver he's going to be the, the receiver with the most yards more than likely he's going to be the more targeted guy he's going to be that that cornerstone piece that LSU needs this year. So a lot of the attention is going to go on him, and a lot of these other guys are going to get highlighted. A lot of stresses, you know, going to be alleviated for the quarterback on those instances because Keyshawn's probably going to have some doubles. He's going to get a lot of looks um, during this year, I'd imagine. But, you know, that tight end situation at LSU is shaping out. Brian Kelly said in a press conference earlier this week that he's feeling really good about that position when he when he really wasn't in the beginning. Uh, you got guys like Mason Taylor showing out. He's called Mason Taylor one of the best tight ends he's ever coached, which, I mean, look, when an established coach like Brian Kelly says you're one of the best at that position, at your individual position, that's a badge of honor, man. Brian Kelly's one of the more prolific coaches in terms of winning in college football in the regular season and what have you. You know, he's been putting out a pretty good effort at LSU, and it looks like he's going to be able to take some of that success with him. Here in the SEC, you know, they're looking for a versatile offense that can do more, you know, with the ball than just pass it. They want to be able to pound the rock. They want to be able to get that quarterback in and out, get some mobility behind center. They want to be able to create even when things are looking rough. You know, if a play breaks down, they got a one or two plan Bs, a plan C that they can bounce to. I think LSU wins this matchup with a good run game. Like I said, that defensive line is going to have to put some pressure on that quarterback. They're going to have to muzzle Jordan Travis, muzzle the couple strengths that Florida State has. Uh, I think a lot of patience is going to have to be had with that LSU offense, though. You know, with a with a new quarterback, he hasn't, whoever it may be, he hasn't really had that much experience in this scheme and live reps because whether it be Garrett Nussmeyer, you know, he's only had a couple games under his belt, whether it be Jane Daniels, this is his first game in the SEC. Uh, these bright lights in the Superdome are going to, you know, not necessarily uh, expose some people, but they're going to really show the true colors of some players. You're going to really see who fits in. You're going to see who who's bought in. You're going to see who did the work in the offseason. You're going to see who's ready for 2022. I think LSU's primed for a, a positive positive season. They're going to definitely be above 500. I'd see them winning 8, 9, maybe even 10 games if all things go in their favor. You know, they have a lot of tough games. You know, they got Alabama. They got A&M. 
you, you, of course, you got Auburn. The SEC West is one of the roughest schedules in college football, if you ask me. LSU doesn't get off easy in any right. Um, you know, they're going to go to Florida, and they're going to go away. That's another tough one right there. Florida has the edge in that series against LSU. There's a lot of things that I would pay attention to if I was Brian Kelly going forward for this year. I would make sure that the guys aren't burning out. You know, last year we saw a lot of injuries. We saw a lot of guys just kind of falling off in terms of the focus and kind of falling off in terms of buying in on the team. Um, You had a lot of guys questioning the direction of the program. I think right now, though, the one common theme of LSU football is that everyone sees the direction it's going in. Everyone is on the same page. Everyone enjoys to enjoys being on the team. Everyone enjoys being around each other. And they all seem to have nothing but positive things to say about the culture. And, you know, you can really see it. You don't even have to hear them say it. You can... You can you can interpret it yourself when you're watching the practice and you're watching how they interact with each other. After a big play, they're all celebrating. You know, they're even talking trash here and there. And those type of moments build elite teams. When your team is like this on the inside and out, you got your coaches bringing your guys up. You're having funny moments, whether it be, you know, throwing candy in the team meeting or letting them play music here or there. Those different type of moments make or break a team's chemistry. And, you know, LSU's putting the right steps in place to be able to get back to the top, you know, get back to that 2019 or that 2007 or that 2003 year where you're hoisting a national championship and the number one team in college football once again. You know, they're going to be back to that soon, but I think they're going to have to work in some spots. They're going to have to make sure that that quarterback gets gets right, he gets comfortable. Uh, you know, when John Emery gets back, they're going to have a lot more depth at that running back room. But right now, you know, they're going to have to focus on winning that game in the trenches. That offensive line is going to have to be pieced together within the next couple weeks. You're going to have to make sure that the running backs are carrying their weight, allowing that defense time to rest because, you know, that defense is going to be the MVP, I think, this season. I think the defense is going to be able to bail them out of the tough situations. you got a lot of depth at the defensive back position. you got a lot of guys that they're going to slip in and out. Um, defensive line, of course, going to be one of the more elite defensive lines in college football this year. You got a lot of mismatches on a lot of different positions. You got Ali Gay, huge. Mason Smith, huge and fast. Jaqueline Roy, absolutely bulldozed you over. B.J. Ojolari sitting there putting in work. You got Mike Jones. You got Greg Penn. You got Major Burns. You got you got a lot of guys who are sitting here foaming at the mouth ready to hit somebody. You know, Mike Jones joke saying he's tired of hitting his guys. He's hitting the same guy over and over and over. He wants a little bit of change. You know, these guys had a long fall camp. When you play in SEC football, you know, a lot of things are meticulous. A lot of things are grueling in that instance. So these guys see the light at the end of the tunnel, and they're ready to go and charge at it and hit whatever's causing that light. I think Florida State's in for a little bit of trouble. LSU's going to take this week one. I think LSU's going to take this week one success into week two. First home game against Southern, they're going to get that. We'll have more coverage on that as well. We'll be going live after this game, you know, seeing what went wrong, seeing what went right, kind of breaking it down, giving some analysis. And we'll be talking to Brian Kelly Monday at noon, right after the game. This has been The Verdant Verdict. Y'all make sure to subscribe, like, comment, follow us on social media. Thanks for tuning in.